Welcome to today's episode where I'm interviewing Sol Gilbert. Now, despite being an extremely entertaining person, Sol is also a personal trainer and a veteran mixed martial arts fighter. He has his own system called the SGUT system, which he's developed over the past 20 years of competition, including mixed martial arts, wrestling, boxing, running, and various fitness challenges. This podcast is thoroughly entertaining. Sol, um, Sol shares some brilliant stories from his life, and we really get a sense of how he's developed the ethos to his exercise planning. So if you enjoy this episode, then don't forget that you can access my back catalogue of interviews. All you need to do is search for The Gary Gun Show on the iTunes store or any podcast player, and you can access them all for free. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. Okay, so first of all, welcome to the show, Sol. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, mate, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Now, the first thing that I'd just like to point out is you have a very cheerful, calm and relaxed disposition about you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you always been like that? Um, not necessarily. Um, I guess, you know, with, with the stuff like this, it's always good, you know what I mean? Because it's like you're sort of going to be tapping into good points of my life and bad things in my life and I always you know I have a lot of fond memories growing up and a lot of bad ones so it's kind of you know I've always tried to sort of put a brave face on things you know um, and I guess as well I, it's one of the things I always say to the guys at, at work you know what I mean You've, you have to you have to have a, a certain kind of um, message a certain aura you have to give out you know so no matter what whatever you whatever is going on in your mind you always have to come across as like fun time frankie people buy into that and especially in the fitness industry you know you're not going to turn up to a, see a trainer if he's negative if he's down if he's you know you know he's, he's like you know depressed or what have you they have to have this kind of like you know this kind of outgoing kind of sort of uh, personality you know they have to be seen to be positive um and i guess they're the kind of things that i try and you know make sure that my life's about on a day-to-day -day basis yeah, that's super interesting then. So I guess this forms part of your ethos as an individual, but also within your team of trainers as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, staff as well. I mean, you know, we, we really do pride ourselves on ensuring that the staff, you know, do come across like that. Obviously, it's very hard because personalities are personalities. I mean, you know, I've got, you know, I've got three children and they're all, they're all pretty much very different. Well, I say, yeah, the, um, Ethan and Boston definitely are the boys. Um, Ethan's very sort of chilled, very laid back, very sort of, um, you know, sometimes feels like he needs a rocket up his ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas Boston's like literally on the go, you know, and same with Jersey, she's on the go. So like 24-7. And um, so I, by seeing that as a parent, I sort of understand that, you know, in staff, that everyone's going to have their own sort of personality. And I have to just take some of that on board yeah yeah so so are you are you an only child or you got brothers and sisters i've got a sister as well she uh yeah she uh tara she's uh 40 years of age okay yeah it must be interesting like having uh having a sister and obviously having your own kids so you've got two two boys and a girl is it is that that's it that's yeah correct, two yeah. boys and a girl yeah interesting so do, do you also see yourself as um as a role model to your kids i mean the difference between how you are now and before you had children mm -hmm. has it almost not calmed you but has it made you more well-rounded yeah, 100%. I mean, I grew up, um, you know, with a, a sort of a bit of from a broken home, you know, it was it was and it, it, it was one of those situations, you know, that I guess, having my dad around, my dad was, you know, around some points in my life. Um, and then then he wasn't. So I was, I was always very drawn to my mum and my sister. So I kind of felt, you know, the age of 11, when I guess, you know, after the second time when my dad went away, I um, 
I was going through that kind of like that sort of that sort of going into secondary school and I needed to grow up um, and then I felt that I had to be the man of the house because my dad wasn't around so I guess on that basis you know sort of I grew up very quickly and I learned to be that kind of protector learned to be that kind of person that wanted to sort of uh, ensure that the girls were okay I've always been brought up to you know to be respectful show humility you know but also be a gentleman you know so with with the girls I always wanted my mum to be treated the right way I wanted my sister to be treated the right way um, and I, I've sort of carried that through so you know I always so when I had children I made that decision you know to a be around all the time work my ass off and try and be the best positive influence I can on their life. It's amazing that, I mean, you, you've basically taken a difficulty in your life and made sure that your kids don't go through the same thing. I mean, if, if we if we go back to that time, I mean, how, yeah. how difficult was that as a young, well, how old were you, 11? Yeah, I was 11, yes. How old, how, I mean, you know, that that's a, a very difficult thing to cope with. How, how, how did you cope? Did you cope through exercise? Is that what got you into the into the boxing or what, what was it? That well, yeah, I mean, if you want to go back a little bit further than that, I mean, as a young kid, you know, sort of, you know, with bright ginger hair, always, you know, always stood out. You know, a name like Soul is different. It's not like a Jason. It's not like a, you mm. know, a Justin. It wasn't one of those kind of like normal names. So Soul, bright red hair. Do you know what I mean? And I also, I had a lot of anger. You know, it was like, I don't know why, but I just did as a young age. And um, I used to like to fight. Um, and so I guess that kind of, you know, paved a certain path for me early on in my years. And then when I started getting to the age of 11 and stuff, and then my, when my dad got taken away, um, unfortunately he went to prison. So that was sort of something which I, at that point in my life, I got told that that's where he was. Um, going into a secondary school, it was it was quite hard because, you know, I had a good relationship with my dad. You know, I sort of, you know, I, I looked up to him. I, you know, I spent a lot of time with him in London when he moved, but he got divorced from my mum at the age of seven. And so when I was seven, so I spent a lot of time with him. I just got drawn towards him because I was, I was a man's man, you know, I was yeah, like, yeah. I used to like being around, <clears throat> being around him, I guess. Um, and then obviously him getting snatched away from me like that or him creating a situation that sort of, you know, got taken away, you know, left me um, with a hole. And I guess the only way that I could sort of essentially deal with that was through frustration, through anger. Um, I didn't really have a vent for it. And um, so I was getting into fights at school. I was in, I was in a, a secondary school, which was called Cardinal Newman. Yeah, yeah, no Cardinal Newman. Yeah, 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 very Catholic orientated school. Um, the headmaster there was actually a prison warden uh, at, <laughs> really? at the time, yeah, <laughs> yeah Mr. Feely. And the irony was that me and him actually got on really well. But wow. the deputy head manager at the time, which was Mr. Green, he absolutely hated me and I actually hated him too. So that was a toxic environment for me to go to. I didn't particularly like, you know, there's nothing, you, I, there's, there was no labels for anything like ADHD or dyslexia at that kind of point. Um, so I would never label myself as that. But, you know, education, you know, that sort of... Um, that sort of side of things was really just like an inconvenience. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. for me, I just wanted to, you know, just wanted to go out and have, you know, have a fun with some of my mates. And if any trouble came away, I'd have a bit of a fight. And that, that <laughs> sort of excited me. So so you've, you've always had a lot of energy then. Like even yeah. from a kid, you had a lot of energy. And, yeah. and I guess you, the, the school stuff was too boring. It was too, you know, sit down. This is, this is painful. I'd, I'd rather be out there either doing sports or having exactly. fun and, and channeling it. Yeah. So when you when your um when your dad got taken away taken away when when you were mm. eleven, did um other role models come into your life? Other people that kind of took you under their wing, or did that not happen? It's always a hard one because my mum, again, she had a hole. You know, what I mean, and essentially that, that like they they kind of got divorced, and then you know my mum, you know, she's she's a pretty lady, 
Um, and so, you know, what comes with pretty ladies is guys that want to try and, you know, attach themselves to her. And so she felt a bit of a void. She had a circle of friends at the time, but then when my dad got arrested for, for what he got arrested for, it was almost like the cardinal sin, you know, like people can't, you know, it was, it was, it was, for, it was for drugs. Okay. Um, and so <laughs> the irony is that all the, the friends that are around that kind of area were all partying together, if you, can, if you know what I mean, at yeah, that yeah, sort of, of time. And then the moment that it become, oh, okay, he's been arrested for this, it was like, oh my God, oh, it's now in the public. Oh yeah, we can't be seen to be sort of associated with you. So my mum had, you know, she, she, she almost got almost like, uh, she, she had a bit of a hole with certain friendships and whatever. And certain guys were trying to come in and what have you. So I, it was hard for me. It was hard for her. Um, but at the same sort of time, you know, the, these kind of guys that were trying to come in and sort of like maybe be fulfill a void, which yeah. was my dad, it was never going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you know, in yeah. my eyes, it was never going to happen. You know, there was only one person that I classified as my dad at that point in time. Um, and he wasn't there. Mm. So, but f for my mum, she, she, you know, she had these kind of relationships and I, I couldn't aspire to them as being a sort of role model. So, yeah, I can see how this is like shaping your character from your formative years as well. You know, not, you know, when your dad's taken away, you've, you've all of a sudden been thrown in this position where you've got to protect and, and look after your family. And, mm. and, you know, with such high energy levels, you, you've kind of been formed into someone that's, that's always going to be a bit larger than life and, and a bit up for it. Um, so with regards to your training, was there, you know, when you started training, did you start boxing at 11, 12 or? It's probably, yeah, yeah. it's about, well, it's about 13 years of age. Okay. I, I basically, I got expelled. I got expelled from uh, Cardinal Newman. What, what, what did you get expelled for? For fighting. <laughs> yeah, I got susp they suspended <laughs> me about eight times up until that point. Um, so within the two years. So, um, so, did, so you, did you go to a different school afterwards? Yeah, or? I went okay. to Dorothy Street. Okay, so yeah, you got yeah. expelled. Got ex yeah, right. yeah, went there for, uh, for a couple of years. Um, <laughs> right. Got expelled from there. <laughs> As well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> did, 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 did you go to a third one? <laughs> no, that was it, mate. I, 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 that was it, it was done. I, was, I, I checked out by then. It was like I was 15, sort of 16 done. years of age. And do you know what the irony is? I actually went back. I got invited to go back to Dorothy Stringer School to become a mentor for the kids there. And we set up a thing called Saints and Sinners, which was, this is slightly off topic, but yeah, it's brilliant. Um, it was to, to work with the kids that were sort of struggling academically, but had like a, you know, a sporting talent, but they were just literally kicking into trouble all the time. So I said, well, look, let's put together a program which was called Saints and Sinners. Um, and, and it was basically, if the kid was good during the week, didn't get any detentions, then at the end of the week, we would do some really cool stuff like wrestling, grappling, some flipping tires or doing whatever. If they'd been a pain in the ass and got detentions, every detention that they've got, they'd get 20 minutes of sin. So sometimes yeah. these kids have got like three detentions at the first at the first sort of time we started it. And then they'd be doing like an hour of like, I put the treadmill on like level 20 <laughs> and just you know a big a big dude, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And like making him run. And and I had I had a carte blanche to say and do whatever I want because it was on my it was in my gym yeah, floor. Yeah. They brought them down so I could literally kick their asses, right? So yeah, that was mega. Second week they they'd literally no detentions. Cool. So this so was was this like sorry, just interrupt was this would this have helped you when you were a kid? If you oh, had the 100%. same setup. Do you know yeah, what it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, definitely because what, what what the whole the whole thing about the the situation was there was the the sin which would be tailored to you know their genetic makeup right so for 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 instance we used to have one kid there called Vlad big lad you know what I mean you know you're talking like big big rugby player type kid yeah. but he hated running he wasn't built for running right <laughs> so guess what his sin was we were <laughs> we were freaking running right do you know what I mean he was doing yeah. laps around how, the block. how old were the kids. 
Oh, they were level year 10. Okay, year, yeah, year it's about 10. 14. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. year 10 going into year 11. Yeah, and yeah. the whole thing about the protest was that we wanted to have a, such an impact on them with year 10, but by the time they went to year 11, the next group of year 10s, just before all exams, then they would become the mentors. Um, and was, and wow. It, yeah, it was a really good That's point. powerful it was, as well. It was, it was, honestly, it was so powerful. And the, the results that we got from a, like, you know, as a, as a group, they're sort of, their, their, their sort of, uh, what do you call it, their detentions went from something as a group, which was when we started, was like something like 385 detentions, and it dropped down to like literally about 80 as a group wow. of six kids, which was mega, you know? How, how, how does that make you feel, being able to do that? Do you know what? It was amazing. Yeah. It was seriously amazing. And, it, and that's what I liked, you know? I mean, I, I, when I first went there and I sort of introduced myself to the parents, I said, do you know what? The ironic thing is, <laughs> I'm standing here now <laughs> You know, to coach your kids. The last time I was on this place, uh, in this place, I was getting pulled off by my ear wow. by the deputy head. You know what I mean for fighting in a canteen. It, it, it makes you, it makes you the perfect person to be able to implement that kind of training, though, because you know exactly what it felt like as a kid being frustrated and so yeah. much energy. Yeah, that's 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 genius. So, so you, yeah, sorry, just going back. So you you yeah. you got in, you got involved in in bo- was it boxing first? Was that yeah, the first? It was boxing. Yeah, so started off amateur boxing for uh, the silver ring at about. 14 years of age okay. you know started taking it sort of relatively seriously about 15 and a half did you notice a shift in yourself when you started boxing because obviously boxing is it's almost a way of life right if mm. it's done properly Did were you under the the, the guy the guide ship of a top professional at the time or was it just literally at a local gym like knocking yeah, about it, a bit no it was it was it was, a, it was our local gym okay it was yeah, yeah so yeah, what did I notice? Um, rather than having to, when I'd had a fight, I'd, you know, it'd only take one punch. <laughs> <than four. laughs> so you got better at fighting. <laughs> so it was like, okay, I know. okay, yeah, there we go. Good night, perfect. So, so did, you, you had, did you have a natural talent for Light it work. Then? Do you know what? I don't know about natural talent, but I'd had heart and I just liked to fight. Okay, yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's just so one it of those sharpened, things. It sharpened the tools. Yeah, it did, you know, and, it, and, it, and, I, and I enjoyed it. It was like, <laughs> it's one of those situations. Did you, ever, did you ever have a situation where actually you came across someone who was a bit tougher than you in that age or did that just not happen? Yeah, I mean, there's always somebody bigger and always somebody tougher, yeah. right? Um, in boxing, yeah. I mean, you know, when you go out into the sort of streets and stuff like that, you know, had a fair few fights around the clubs and whatever and stuff and, you know, and got arrested and that kind of stuff. And uh, it got to the point where uh, I got done for GBH section 20 and I really wasn't happy with what the end result was with this guy, okay. even though I didn't start it. Um, the guy actually headbutted me first um, and then I ended up just going to town on him and I literally broke his jaw, knocked three front teeth out, broke his nose and shattered his eye socket, you know, and you know what? And I ended up pleading guilty to it. Right, even wow. though I, you know, even though I didn't start the situation, yeah, yeah, of course. I looked at the situation and uh, and I felt, you know what, this isn't right. You know, something's got to change here, and it was just that combination of alcohol. Yeah, of course, yeah. And you know, my short fuse and the fact that there's a lot of dicks about in Brian. Mm. Do you know what I mean with alcohol, right? So, so, so do you drink now? Um, do you know what? I'd, I'd like to say no. But I'd have the occasional, occasional. pint with my father-in-law. Do okay. you know what I mean? Because he likes to drink and uh, we'd sort of, you know, do a social thing. But, yeah, you know, I don't go out and party or anything like that. When did you make the decision to kind of give up give up um, drinking? Was it was it an active decision that you made at a specific age or was it just... It just didn't work with fighting. Okay. When you're conditioning yourself as an athlete, um, you know, suddenly... And when you start getting to a decent level, you know, you start, start to think to yourself, okay, what, what's going to make me perform better? And what's going to make me perform worse? Now, 
obviously the after a fight you know when we used to fight when i turned when I was more professional for mma um and started my popularity started to increase you know you start to get a sort of um a certain responsibility do you know what I mean to be you know seen as a sort of uh, as, as a person of authority yeah and yeah, you know yeah. people are coming up to you and they're respecting you and they're sort of uh, admiring what you do last thing you want to be doing is like falling out with you know your clothes all ripped up you yeah. know and starting fights and how, how did you feel when you first started to, to get some not well, credibility but social status when people started recognizing you i mean from where you yeah. were as a young kid how did that feel that's the best feeling in the world you know, it's nice. I mean, you know, that's why I always try and, you know, as even now, I always try and remember everybody's names when they come into the gym and always try and greet them like that on a, on a face-to-face basis or a name basis. You know, everyone likes the sound of their own name, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and more so when you've sort of been recognised for something that, you know, has taken a, a certain amount of years to perfect. Mm. Um, and, you know, listen, you know, I, I did the best that I could do. I went so far. I couldn't have gone any any further. I'm happy with what I achieved. Um, you know, it wasn't to the level of people like Conor McGregor because there's levels, there's abilities, yeah. you know, and 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 I, as as a person, I guess I've always realised that I was only sat so far. Mm. You know, my my determination, my drive to fight, um, but lack of ability to to nail that technique was yeah. always going to hold me back. Did you recognise that at the time, or is that something that's come? Yeah, you recognize it when you lose okay you know yeah, it's, yeah, you yeah. know it's one of those situations you evaluate you yeah. know you look back or and it's not even you know it's not even when you lose on the big stage because you get things wrong yeah, you know okay. you, you go in there with a preconceived idea of how you get how that fight's gonna unfold and it doesn't mm. so but then that's the beautiful thing about mixed martial arts you have to cover all the bases and that's what really does make it truly one of the most um you know, prolific and most entertaining kind of combat sports because there's so many variables to it. Yeah, you know? of course. You never uh, know what's going to happen. No, you never yeah. know what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, in training, inspiring, you know, I was, you know, I brought up a kid called John Hathaway and, you know, and he was, you know, he was a great kid, very naturally, a good flanker, um, used to, but used to drop weight well. He was six foot two um, and he'd get down to 77 kilos. I'm five foot 11 with heels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know those nice little kitten ones. Yeah, of course. That um, would, yeah. yeah, and then literally, and then I was getting my ass handed to me in the gym. You know, I was like, sort of, I was getting, you know, hurt with shots that would never normally have hurt me. You know, because I've always liked to like to feel like like I'm in a fight. Yeah, yeah, you know? of course. And that's so you you brought it on a bit too much. The, the fighting yeah. aspect within the ring. I wore myself out. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, so that, that your your childhood experience kind of shaped the way that you fought in the ring. As yeah, it, yeah, yeah, makes sense. So just going back a little bit, when you um, how old were you when you began to take it seriously? So you started like boxing at like thirteen, fourteen at yep. a local gym. How old were you when you when you finally you know you you actually started to take it pr- really seriously? I guess in a way, I mean, when when I was coming through the amateur sort of program, I won sort of like sort of some amateur sort of, you know, low level kind of tournaments. Um, I sort of, I, I guess, Ronnie, it was Ronnie Davis, funny enough. He came up to it, me. It, uh, it just Ronnie Davis is what, a, a local a, Ronnie a Davis, uh, Chris Eubanks uh, boxing trainer. Okay, yeah, okay, Chris. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so basically him and Chris came down to one of the amateur boxing shows and I fought down there and I got fired the night. Uh, and then Ronnie turned around to me and said, "Listen, kid, when you turn pro, if you if you want to turn pro, look me up." I was like, "Hey, fuck right. yeah, great. <laughs> this is great, right?" Yeah. Anyway, so I'd, this was this was just coming up to Christmas. I ended up going to Thailand. 
How, how old were you at this time? Oh, God. Um, R- roughly, was it 18, 19? A bit or? older than that. Really okay. About 20. Okay, about 20. 20. Okay. Point, I've, gone to, I've gone away, to, gone to Thailand, and I'm walking down the road, walking down the road in, uh, in um, Koh Samui. Yeah, I've been and, there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is before they had boots or anything else like that. You know what I mean? It's like dust and shit. And uh, maybe one light sort of, you know, what they call them, ladyboy, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, walking down the road, and he's on the other side of the road. Right? No way. And I was like, Ron, how's it going? And he's going, all oh, right, kid, how's it going? All right. So we end up spending, um, I invited him to my hotel for the Christmas dinner and everything else. And, you know, and. Uh, that is so random. Yeah. So like we, we sat there and we had a chat and he said, listen, I'm really deadly serious. If you ever want to turn pro, you know, let, come and see me. So I was like, Jesus, fuck it. This is fate, right? Yeah. So, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I literally got back, you know, made the call, started training with him. Um, took uh, and then yeah just went through that process went to the British Board of Boxing Control up there met with Roger, Roger Smith up at London Bridge got my card went for my scans did all the kind of things that you do um, and then I was boxing at, uh, as, a, as an amateur at middleweight and I dropped down to light middleweight to be pro do you earn any money as an amateur boxer or not or is it nah. so it's so you were working outside of this at the time yeah I was working outside of this I'd okay. sort of so going back slightly yeah um, I'd actually Gone to gone to college, okay, and uh, decided to be a chef. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, I've been, I've, I've, I've been a butcher, <laughs> I've been a baker, I've been uh, a fruit and veg guy. So, were these always though to fund the the sport that you were interested in? Just to stop me away from getting nicked and doing crime, <laughs> and you know, to buy myself Excuse a pair of trainers. It was that was it. You know what I mean? It was like you know, I just you know, my mum and dad. You know, I, I, look, I moved out at the age of fifteen, right? Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, so I got kicked out of school, kicked out of uh, my house, and because about that time, my dad had come back, right? So let's go back a little bit. So basically, fourteen, fifteen, um, I've like literally got kicked out of school. Uh, my dad's come back. Him and my mum are trying to get it together, um, but. I've grown up now. I've had three years of like, you know, so, you, so you've gone from being a boy to a man in those three years. So your relationship yeah. with your dad was different by the time he, by the time he came back. Yeah. Okay. It was. Yeah. And there was a lot of anger there. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? There's a lot imagine. of anger from my side. There was, you know, and, and, and I guess for from him, we talk about this now, um, you know, it was hard for him too. You know what I mean? Because he, he did it for whatever reason he did it. I could never see those reasons as being valid, to be fair. And and still to this day, I don't, you know what I mean? But that's just how it is. We've just mm. parked it and we've moved on and we're just taking every step day as, we, as it comes as father and son, I guess. But at that time, I was, you know, I, was, I got kicked out of school. What do you do? You piss about in town. Mm. You know, you start, you're finding your balls a little bit, you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> yeah, girls yeah. are about you, doing this, you're doing yeah, yeah, that, yeah. you know? And yeah, again, so I was going through that process for a couple of years. Um, which made it quite, you know, made it quite hard on the family sort of side of things. But at the same sort of time, I needed to, I needed to get a craft behind me. So I ended up going to to a butchers, Jewess okay. Jewess butchers down on the London Road, um, and I was down there, and they they would. I used to see what they did over the open market. Like, for instance, they used to be standing outside and trying to shout the meat and you know sell the meat off the stand. Well, this was a shop, right? So I've, I'm sort of talk, speaking to the guys there, and once I started getting a little bit more sort of comfortable with them, I said, look, how about we me stand out the front and try and draw people in. Well, um, suits, suits you way better, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like, I, you know, I've, I've, I've you know, I was, I've, I've always been game like that, right? So I was like, okay, what well, you up for? I said, yeah, just get some offers, get some offers or whatever, and whatever we can do, give me a little bit of a, an edge. I wish we, fi- I wish we got this on camera. <laughs> <laughs> give me an edge. So if that's five quid, yeah, if they buy two, right, will they get it for four pounding? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He said, 
yeah, okay, fuck mm. it, go for it. But yeah, all right, see how it goes. Anyway, I started killing it, right? And so they was going, okay. So I said, can you give me a little bit more money? They was like, yeah, no. <laughs> really? like, yeah, thanks very really? much, but no. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, come on, I'm doing this. I said, yeah, no. But at this time, there was Roy Yates, the fruit and veg next door. Right. And so they were like, looking at me and they went, listen, you know, I started speaking to him and they said, look, you know, not be funny if you want to sort of, you know, go veggie. <laughs> so you, you move next door. Yeah. <laughs> doing so the same thing. Next door, yeah, negotiating a bit, a bit of money and then not working next door and sort of, you know, doing exactly the same thing. And they were just like, oh, I can't believe you got more, you got some front. That was it. I've had more front than selfages. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, As yeah, I was yeah, saying yeah. like that. So, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get and if you don't put yourself out there, you're definitely not going to get looked yeah, at. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I went through that process um, then I got invited to buy, buy a guy to sort of uh, work in his hair salon, right? Which was Tony and Guy, right? So I was like, okay, so I've, right, this is this is quite good. So I mean, I've gone, gone down there for the first week or whatever. I mean, I'm actually fucking wash, washing these old deers, shampoo and oh, can I have the mint condition and everything else? So I'm standing there thinking, fair few sort of gay people around and what have you. And at that time, I'm like, you know, 16, 17. I'm just like, oh, God, yeah, not know, your thing. I haven't got a problem with them, you know, this situation, but that whole vibe is not really what I'm about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going in there with black eyes from fighting. <laughs> I'm sort of still in, you know, sometimes, and I wasn't I'm still, you know, not having any sleep from the night before. You know, yeah, I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. what the fuck do I want to do this? I look like death warmed up because I've got bright ginger hair and pasty skin with a black eye. Yeah, yeah, not really yeah, the look for Tony it. and Guy, right? No. It's, so I was like, so quickly after that, I was like, this ain't working for me. And he was like, oh, it's a shame because you make a really good hairdresser. I was like, yeah, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> it's definitely not for me. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I've got to do something. I've got to go to college, right? So I ended up going to college and um, taking on board a, 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 a catering sort of uh, qualification. So I, I started working through that. Did you, did you finish that qualification? I finished it, but by the skin of my teeth. Thank you very much, Richard Hook, who uh, was the pastry chef there. Oh, that helped you along. He literally, he knew that I was struggling. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. I was literally, same thing, young kid, living from place to place to place. Um, you know, leaving my mates, look, I've got to go to college, I've got to go to college. Do you want to go to college? No, I don't want to go to college, but I've got to go to college, I've got to nail this. And in the end, you know, it taught me a lot. It taught me so much about cooking and, you know, sort of, you know, how to sort of prepare foods, everything else, which is, is ironically enough, I brought into my current situation massively. And how, how, what have you, what, you so you've taken the skills into what you're currently doing? Yeah. Could, could you I'm, talk, could you talk about that? What, some of the things? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, for instance, like, just by learning how to prepare foods, like, you know, how to, how to cook certain vegetables, like with El Dente, how to prepare fish, how to skin fish, how to debone fish, how to cut, cut certain meats, which I kind of knew from, butchering but you know yet again that's, that's just cooking mm. so that's just preparing the meat in in there for sale rather than sort of you know preparing the meat for you know to consume so and working and the biggest thing that it sort of taught me was because you work actively within a, in a kitchen there at the college was pressure you know what i mean how to deal under pressure you've got three four things going on at any one time You've always got to be on the ball, you know, you like literally, you know, you're walking by with a hot plate or a hot, hot, hot pan, so mind your backs, you know, this kind of thing. So these little key things that I, I do, I've taken into my home environment with my kids, they cook, what have you, and now they'll be, you know, if they've got something hot, they know to hold something hot, they know how to walk around with yeah. certain things, you know, it's just those kind of safety things, really. And did this, I take it, did this give you a sense of confidence for the first time outside of fighting or outside of sport? It gave me, yeah, diff a different type of knowledge, mm. you know, and it was because, you know, as I said earlier, you know, education for me was, was something that I didn't really gel with, yeah. you know, but then what it actually showed me was find something that I'm passionate about 
And you know what? You actually learn shit, and by learning shit, you can you know that's going to pave the future for you, really. So, so you find that when you're when you're passionate about something, you you're way more open to learning how to do it better. Yeah, and it just comes naturally. Yeah, rather you than being forced at school to do subjects you don't care about. There we go. Yeah, and you've got a lot of energy, and it's like sit down and do maths, and you're thinking, I don't yeah, want to do this. Exactly, and it's the same thing with exercise. Same mm. thing with nutrition. If you do not follow your path of 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 what really you enjoy then do you know what? It's not going to be sustainable. You know, if somebody says to you, eat this every single day, do you know what I mean? And you're going to lose X. If you're not losing X or you don't see a dramatic change, you know what? And you don't enjoy that, it's, it's, it's you know, you're, you're setting yourself up to fail. So, so your views on, on nutrition then mm. are more about having um, a diet which is sustainable because it's enjoyable. For sure. So could, could you just open this up? Yeah. And it's a little bit, but could you talk me through your diet or your nutrition? That yeah, you for sure. For? Yeah. I mean, do you know what? I go, I go through so many different things so many different sort of shifts really currently at the moment i'm actually meat free right? okay yeah i'm not a vegan okay um and I'm, I'm you know i'm not following a plant-based diet i'm not you know um i'll probably say if anything if you had to put a label on it which i don't you know because it was, i'd say pescatarian maybe I, i'm eating a lot of fish um it was just recently about probably about a month and a bit ago i sort of i was getting fed up of like going into shops or you know buying meat that mm. I felt you know I was buying it because I, oh it's organic and it's this and it's that and then like taking it home cooking it preparing it and doing it the right way um and then it just being tough and it just not being enjoyable mm. um and I just felt to myself do you know what I need to I need to re-educate myself I need to tr take myself out of the, my mm. normality of just thinking oh yeah do you know what it's meat it's pasta it's you know carbs it's this whatever it's going to be and I really wanted to find a different relationship with yeah. food um, so, so could you talk me through just your daily routine of eating food at the moment? Like, what yeah, time do you get sure. up? What time? What do you eat? What what time? And okay, so first thing in the morning, without fail, I'll get up. I'll have apple cider vinegar. What, what, what time is this roughly? Uh, five. Are you are you ever tired at five in the morning, or are you? Some mornings. Some yeah, mornings. Okay. Some mornings. I mean, I don't jump up and do like a you know okay. skip down the, the hallway right. or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's like. Oh, but five o'clock is every day for you pretty much okay and you you have apple cider vinegar first apple cider vinegar with, with, with some lemon with, with some warm water. water okay yeah. yeah so that that's you have it with warm water and lemon straight away yeah wow okay for what reason um i i feel but there's so many different different things yeah no just just, um, just for you personally you know for yeah. me I, I you know the the lemon detoxifies my sort of liver a little bit it's kind of like it cleans I feel it cleans my gut after a night of sleep. Okay. Um, there's certain sort of like gut health kind of things. Um, and yeah, it's just, 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 just part of my sort of daily routine, really. So how much, just listen, how much of it do you have? Do you have a couple of teaspoons of apple cider yeah, vinegar? Yeah, so, well, two caps. Two caps, two okay. Two caps, half a lemon. Yeah. Um, a little bit of warm water. And if I'm feeling really advantageous, I'll put a little bit of cayenne, cayenne pepper in there. <laughs> if you're feeling up for it. And if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm feeling a bit of a pussy, then I'll put a little bit of agave syrup in there just to make it a little bit, a little bit sweet. sweeter. Okay, yeah. so you have that when you wake up and then... So um, they'll have that when I wake up. Yeah. Um, and then generally, I'm kind of like sort of doing this, like a bit of a fasting thing. I, okay. tend, to, I, tend, like, I tend to not eat. Yeah. Um, until probably about eleven o'clock. Yeah. So you intermittent? Is it inter intermittent fasting? Yeah, but sort it's, of. yeah, again, it's oh, yeah, just, no label. There's a lot okay. of there's, it's, it's, yeah. It's yeah. just a bit of flexibility okay. for me. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's what kind of works. Like some days. Yeah. Like for instance, the weekend when we go to motocross, you know, I'll be up. If we're in a hotel, I'm down there. I'm literally. I'm, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. Having, Getting the breakfast. You know, I'm having scrambled eggs and yeah, we're, yeah. we're cracking on. But um, ultimately, at the moment, five days out of the weeks, um, I'll get up. I'll do that. Go do a workout. Um, which will involve more cardio-based, bit of strength work, you know, core work. I generally, just keep it like a push-pull. And this is legs. kind of in a in a fasted state. 
Yep. Okay. So this perfect. is fasted yep. state. Because so a lot of people um, don't believe that you can train in a fasted state. So what's your experience of that is clearly not true, right? No, no, because, it's definitely not true. Okay. I mean, the way that I look at things is, is, you know, it's all about energy levels, right? So if you want to sort of like get a little bit technical, um, my last meal as of an evening, I will always have carbs within that yeah i would tend to sort of you know dial back my carbohydrates throughout the course of the day my last meal of the, of the day will probably be my main bulk of my carbohydrates so either sweet potato or rice wow okay that sort of thing purely because of, of satiated you know, i feel satiated yeah yeah of course and generally and I, you, you enjoy it as well right yeah i okay. enjoy it yeah for sure 100 percent. and and also because of what i've done throughout the course of the day you know my my liver glycogen and my muscle glycogen will be depleted um so therefore i'm restocking that up so when I get up in the morning, I generally my I know that I've got enough glycogen within my muscles to be able to perform to train. Okay. for an hour, an hour, yeah, to, yeah. an hour to ninety minutes. That's super. Okay, so if we, God, we're covering so much stuff here. If we, if we, if we wind back again to the oh no, hang on, we were talking about yeah your your daily diet. So so yeah. you have the do you have what about like protein shakes and things like that? Would you not go for them? Is that a- no no no. I, look, supplementation is exactly what it's for if there's a if there's a deficiency in your diet at any given time then you need to supplement it with x okay you know so therefore currently as i said you know with the vegetarian sort of uh, sort of option that i'm kind of going through at the moment you know it's very hard to eat you know fish three times a day right you know, right yeah, yeah I can you know imagine. so so your sort of protein sort of levels you know of, of what you call kind of adequate which is about 1.5 to 2 kilos per day per, pound, uh, per kilo of body weight you know it's sometimes hard to to fit that Okay. Right? So that's when I'll add in a supplement. That's when you shake. supplement. Okay, yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. So you, so your your meals during the day then are what, fish and greens if you're not having yeah. any carbs? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty and much. Like for instance, after this, uh, we're actually going to go down to, to the ginger pig um, with one of nice my- Nice place. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's decent, yeah. Thank you, Pamela and Ben. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to those guys. Um, yeah, so I'll go down there and I'll have, I'll have a veggie breakfast. Perfect. You know? So that, that, that'd be me. So if we, if we again, go back to, um, so you've just turned, just about to turn pro. Yeah. Um, what was it like at that period? Was it was it an exciting period for you? Because obviously you're you're, you're going to be a professional boxer at this yeah, stage yeah, in your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, it was. You know, for me, I've always sold tickets. Like I was selling, I was talking about like sort of selling meat off a stand. Okay. That's how that's how I you know applied the same sort of tenacity and the same sort of front to selling tickets. So I'd always be, hello mate, how's it going? Yeah, cool. You're going to come watch me fight. Really? Oh, I didn't know you was going to fight. Yeah, come down and watch me. Have a table. Have this, have that. So therefore, I'd always be earning a little bit of commission. Yeah. But also, my popularity would rise, right? Absolutely. And the self-promotion aspect of there it. There we go. Yeah. Um, that's interesting that you link that to what you used to do at the fruit and veg place and the meat place. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. So you've taken, it seems to me so, you're very good at taking a skill set and transferring it into, into the here and now. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, you, they're life skills, right? And, yeah. you know, and, and I've always looked at myself as... Don't look at myself as the person and how that's going to be for me. Look at myself as a brand. Look at myself as a product, you know. So what does that person need in order to be successful? Well, in order to create any value to a promoter, you need to sell tickets, right? The more tickets you sell, the better you're going to be positioned on that card. The better you're positioned on that card, the more that the promoter is going to benefit because those people will stay to watch you fight. So their bar bill will be better and everything else. Wow. So I kind of understood that. Yeah, I understood you, the dynamics yeah. of how it would work. And then when I went into becoming a, uh, a promoter myself and did 27 shows, you know, I cherry picked the certain fighters that I felt were good. You know, I mean, that were, you know, not only great fighters, but also they had a good aura about them, a good personality, you know, attractive fighters in some ways or what have you, not just... Yeah aesthetically but you know you know physically yeah, and yeah, dynamically 
Um, and that worked into that. So, so for me, as I, as I was sort of saying, you know, I sold a lot of tickets uh, for my pro debut, which was up at Caesars Palace on the Lloyd Hunnigan show. How did you get on? Mate, I got knocked out. Really? Mate, it was the worst thing in my life. I was only talking about this the other day to Ronnie, and Ronnie still to this day apologises. How, how come? What happened was, I was due to fight this traveller guy, right? Now, in all types of fighting, especially when you're fighting travellers at the early stages, without putting a, a discrimination on the traveller community or what have you, right? But there's a lot of underhand stuff that goes on, right? Um, the kid that I was due to fight, same sort of amateur pedigree. It was his also, I think he'd had, no, it, no, it was, his, it was also his professional debut. Okay. He had a twin brother, right, who'd had six pro fights and he had had, the only loss that he'd had out of those six fights was against a guy called Spencer Fearon. Okay. Right? Spencer Fearon was a, a legit pro at that time, okay. right? a good domestic pro, sort of British sort of level really. Um, and he lost to him on points, but he was a light heavyweight. Okay. And what weight were you? This was light middle. So what's the difference in weight for between the two? Well, I mean, gee, I can't, I can't even, you know, cut the stone. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's it's not stone. like a couple of kilo. Couple no, of, well, it's, okay. It's got to be a big, you know, big difference. I, I can't, you know, rattle off the... the yeah, the but that's a big now, difference. I mean, I think I was 11, I think I was 11 stone or something like this. And it must have been, you know, whatever, right? Did you realise as you were going into the ring? No, 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 no. So what, what, yeah. what happened was... <laughs> I found this out afterwards. I've got into the ring. So anyway, so I've got into the ring, yeah. expecting to see this guy. Uh, as I've gone in there, I've turned around to Ron, I've gone, he looks bigger, Ron. He's gone, kid, they all look bigger the other side of the ring. <laughs> really? <I> now, nah, Ron, <laughs> he, he, looks, big, he yeah. looks bigger, mate. And he was like, just go out there, do what you've been working, yeah. and da, da 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 So anyway, currently, just before this, I'd sort of about one month before this, I'd been sparring one of the pros down at our gym called Tony Oki, who's a, who's a legit pro. Again, good another, fighter. Uh, yeah, very yeah. Good, very good pro, right? And he'd hit me with this shot and it separated my, uh, it tore my uh, septum okay. in between my nose, right? So yeah. a bit, little bit of skin in the middle. I could literally, I could put a Q-tip behind the back of that skin. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, a bit like a, how Daniel Westbrook thing's yeah, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But not through that. It was actually yeah, through yeah, a fucking yeah. right hand of Tony Oki. So that happened a month before. I sold a shitload of tickets. It was my debut. I'd gone away. I trained in Spain. I'd done all this stuff. Got so my weight down. I was up for it. My nose. Yeah. I was just. I'd been sparring, but like literally. Yeah, but you're a fighter. Watch like, the I nose. Watch yeah, the yeah, nose. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So I was like. So anyway, got in there. Never didn't. You know, thought. Okay, let's fuck it. Let's go for this. It's just a fight. He's just whatever he is. He is who he is. Didn't didn't know that it was the twin brother at this point. Come out. Uh, I've thrown lights off. Gone in there. I've gone in there for the thing. He's from his right hand, and no word of a lie. I just remember this flash just sort of hitting me, and then that was it. Wow. Then the next thing I remember is I'm leaving. I remember leaving, and I'm, I've got my hand in the air. The thing going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's clapping me, go, well, well done, well done, well done to me, right? Un unbeknown to me, where I've been knocked out, like severely, um, literally, well, I don't know if you've ever been knocked out, but when you get knocked out, it's like a flash, and everything you've, you've happened yeah. before that is just gone. Yeah. Your mind's just almost like wiped. So then when you come to, you don't, recoll you don't mm. recollect that point. Yeah. Uh, it's not until probably about maybe like eight or 10 minutes later that things start to really come, you know, you start to process it. Yeah. So within this point of like three, four, five minutes, I'm sort of seeing everyone chap and clear, and I'm like that, I'm walking back. What's going, going on there? Did I win? Did I win? Did I <laughs> yeah, win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going, no, you got knocked out, mate. I'm like, no, and I'm in the, I remember being in the change rooms going, ah, oh, fuck, man, all them people. I've got like two coach loads, two coach loads of people here to see me. 
And Levon was like, look, I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. I was like, no, it ain't your fault. It ain't your fault. And it turned out that he'd, he'd kind of twigged at that point yeah. as well that when we got in there. But it, he didn't know up until that point. Yeah, of course. But he, he said, I should have pulled you out. Mm. When I realised, basically what happened was the twin, the guy I was fighting, taking his, whatever it was, dog for a walk that day, got into a fight, got, he'd end up getting slashed, right? His hand got cut. So, there ain't fortunes in, in, in this, these kind of type of fights you, at that stage. I think yeah. it's like something like eight, 800 quid or whatever. But you don't want to lose the record, right? Of, but they of, didn't. They didn't yeah. want to lose the money. So ah, the, okay. Because the weigh-ins were the day before. Yeah, so yeah, we'd, done, yeah. we'd had the weigh-ins. Then that day, he'd got into that scrape. And then obviously what happened, so he's just gone, fuck it. The brothers just gone in and said, I'll, t- I'll do this for you, but box under your name. So they end up getting banned. Um, so you, how, I mean, looking back on that now, yeah. how did that experience affect your character? you go from you know from being something or believing that you are something to you know when you get knocked out you know it, it's not only the most humbling thing in the world mm, right? I was thinking humbling yeah yeah it's, it's also the most questionable thing that you have to do because you know you've had everything you've worked towards has just been ripped from underneath you you know what I mean and you're just like and you just don't know why you're like thinking what 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 did I do wrong what could I've done right you know and you know, and it's so, like, so you, you you took it as a as a personal. This is me. That's that's there's something wrong with me. Oh, mate, do you know? Well, look, look, do you know what? And when I found out what happened straight away, I I, I sort of I I went off boxing at that point. Did you feel Did you feel a sense of self reprieve though? That it wasn't it wasn't about you. It was about boxing as as opposed to it being you. I guess you try and attach it to that, mm. but, you but still, it still hits you. Yeah, well, well something hit you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> something hit you that put you into that situation. So even though you you know you, you can always find an excuse. Yeah, of course. But I've also been a realist yeah. in the sense that when I fuck that, do you know what I mean, I got caught, I got knocked out. You know, that's the thing. That's a dent on my yeah. record. No matter how it's gone or what have you. Yeah, I could have questioned it. I could have chased it. For me, I was just like, do you know what? Screw this. Just accept it. Step back out of this. I had a lot of other stuff going on at the time. And, you know. So, so did, was that your, did you fight professionally in boxing again or not? No. Okay. So you, you then decided to change into. Yeah. So, well, basically. So then, then I was like, I had this void in my life, you know. I, I could imagine that it came back. The boxing filled it. The, oh. the focus and drive and the goal and ambition. Yeah. When that's taken away is... Must, I mean, I I had a car accident when I was 18. I was going to be a, hopefully a pro sportsman. And right. uh, over, overnight, in an instant, I mean, I nearly died. Wow. So I, I, I know the feeling of your whole life being in tatters. Yeah. So it's, it, it's a void. And it mm. took me 10 years probably to come to terms with it. It's horrendous. So I, I absolutely feel you there. Yeah. Um, so how, how did you begin to start filling that void? Did, did you go back to the, the drinking and the fighting out or, or yeah, yeah, bits of that yeah. to be perfectly honest yeah, with you. I can imagine. Um, and you know, again, it just sort of, you know, got to that situation where I was like, do you know what? I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got to make a change now. So then I started, then I started Googling, you know, at that time, and I don't think it was Google, I think or on the internet or whatever, yeah, yeah. I was looking, <laughs> like dial-up connection, you know, <laughs> whatever it was. Eight minutes to, to get online. Yeah, yeah for yeah. God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, good job I weren't into porn at that time. <laughs> 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 Eight minutes is a long time, right? Um, so anyhow, so I'd like, I'd, I'd come across like, obviously, MMA, you know, the ultimate fighting championship. So this is mixed martial arts. This is, yeah. Which is, just for listeners, could you explain exactly what that is? Yeah, it's a culmination of, well, it started off, I mean, mixed martial arts now is actually a sport on its own, but it's actually started off as a culmination of all of the combat arts together. Okay. Um, I.e. boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, Thai boxing, 
you know, and uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is submission ground fighting, essentially. So at that point, you know, I was like, oh, I've got to find something here. And I started to look and I thought, okay, well, I know I like to fight. I know I can throw a right hand and, you know, have a good, you know, straightener with someone standing up. Okay, the four ounce gloves, do they really bother me? Not really. What, are they, what are they in boxing? normally uh 10 ounce okay so it's a lighter okay oh, these are fingerless gloves okay. yeah so yep. they're designed so you can grab your grab okay. your partner and everything yeah, else yeah, yeah. There's, there's not there's not much in it to be okay. fair you know not not much in it between your your, your hand and and, a, and an mma glove right okay. yeah. so so if you get caught with one it's oh it's good a lot worse than a, yeah, okay. it's, yeah okay. it's good night yeah, yeah and your cut as well probably um but i realized that i needed to learn how to how to fight on the ground um, so then I started going to London and um, started training with um, with one of my guys actually, uh, Miad Najafi. He was uh, he he's actually a black belt now. He's got a place out in Worthing and he used to have a place out there called Elements. We started working. To, he was a blue belt when we started, and so we started grappling together and doing bits and pieces. Then did, I did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it more than more than boxing. <sighs> Do you know what? At that initially, yeah, yeah. Then I missed. Ironically enough punching and getting punched it was mm. one of those things i kind yeah. of felt like something was missing you yeah know? so then i started so i learned this kind of like i learned probably a handful of like submissions you know what i mean i was never really okay i was always even to this day you know i've, I've never been one of those strategies strategists on the floor that's going to say i'm gonna think five steps ahead to try and submit you with some kind of like darcy choke and, or what and some you. people do think like that when they, they do fight oh him. yeah yeah yeah. it's like chess right? so there's complete it's okay chess. i don't know much about mixed martial arts okay so for me, my style of fighting was always designed to, as it evolved later in the day, actually, to like literally, whatever position I was on on the floor was to throw some punches at you on the floor, but inevitably to stand you back up and then we strike, yeah? Okay, so you were that's, playing to your strengths as, oh, a, as, a, as a boxer. Yeah, that's how you have to, Okay, right? makes so, sense. So in MMA, uh, on the early days when I started doing the the, the, the uh, ML Sports Combat National, uh, there were some trials. So you, how it was over the course of uh, over the course of the year, you would go down and you'd have uh, I think there's three or four fights a day, right? Um, is that is that a lot training wise, or is that is that well, standard? Yeah, three three fights within the day. It yeah, was that's three. A lot. I think it was. There's three okay. three rounds, and I and I remember I I, I got I got to. Nine, nine or ten and oh, I think it was nine and oh. Wow. Um, initially, so I'd done the whole whole tournament or the whole year unbeaten, right? Um, and I literally, I just had one foot lock, and it was like a bunch of <laughs> leg kicks. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but like they worked, body clearly. Shots, yeah. But you couldn't punch to the head, right? Okay. So I was like, so anyway, so I went through this whole thing, did that for the year, um, and so I was striking. I was feeling a lot more happy and what have you. And then, um, then they had the final, which was like the national national uh, national championship. So that was at light heavyweight. So I'd end up going to Brazil with Miad and a few of the boys. I got out there, did some training. Um, is that for the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah. And is that is that regarded as a, a, a good? That's the mecca. That's the mecca. That's where it started. Yeah. Okay. That's where you go to. Yeah. So it's for like, anyone doing MMA, that's the main that's the yeah. main basis on training. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. So. So I went over there, learned some more bunch of submissions. But over there, I literally I'd, I'd done a load of weight because you're wearing, a, you know, a sort of gear and what have you. And the weight, a lot heavyweight that I was fighting at, which was um, above 83 kgs, um, I'd literally come gone over there and I dropped so much weight. I'd um, and so basically the light heavyweight category was 83 to 90 kilo kilos, right? Well, I was always like 83.5, but because of my pro boxing and I cut that much weight for, to be light light uh, light middleweight. 
I thought, do you know what? Screw this cutting malarkey. I really hated it. You know, I didn't mm. want to lose weight. So I just thought, I'm my natural weight. Okay. And, I and when I went through the whole of the tournament, going dispatching these guys at heavier weights, I thought, oh, do you know what? Fuck it, man. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm mixing it with these heavy guys and I'm lighting them up. So I thought, well, what do I need to cut weight for? Why do I want to stress myself anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess, I went, does that get in some, do some people fall into the trap of focusing on the cutting rather than the training? Is that a mistake? I think you have to now. You have to be scientific to about it. There's, okay. a, there's a certain science to it now. Okay. And there's obviously a certain limit that you've got to be at. So yeah, you want okay. to be your optimal for that. But, but there so wasn't at this at no, this time. Okay. No, no. It yeah, so it's, it's progressed no. quite quickly then. The, yeah, the yeah, yeah, massively. Okay. Yeah, it's the yeah, yeah. uh, uh, fastest sport, sport in the world, right? Um, so anyway, so went to Brazil, lost a bunch of ton of weight. I remember going, I was speaking to my son about this yesterday, actually. Um, I had to go onto the, onto the scales with dumbbells in my pockets. Yeah, because to, to make the weight. Yeah, because I was like 77, <laughs> 78 kilos, right? So I was like five kilos under the bottom of the weight category of the wow. thing. So I was fighting kids uh, in this final and I had to have three fights to go through this final to win. And, and they were all like 88, 89, 90 kgs. Wow. And there's me like 77, 78 kilos at best. So, so in fighting, does that, does, that make you, does that make you faster than someone that's like 90 or does that not really make a difference? Yeah, it makes you faster. It makes you faster, but obviously if Less they catch powerful. you, yeah, okay, so there's that, okay. What would you rather have out of interest if you could pick between being faster or being more powerful? What's, what, what would be a better? Speed. Speed, okay. Yeah, speed. Um, so yeah, so I went through that process and then won all the, won all the fights, and yet again, it was no headshots and literally stopped, the kid, stopped one of them, finished him with just purely body shots. I used to love throwing body shots as a boxer and a fighter and stuff. So I, I can tell you're like doing your <laughs> talking about it. You're throwing a few. So <laughs> Lucky I'm sat a bit far away. <laughs> i got this big black mic in my face. I wouldn't be able to catch it. So anyway, so um, yeah, did that. And then they offered me a pro, uh, a pro contract with them. Um, and so I jumped at that. So then I was back, I was like, right, okay, so now I'm on this upper trajectory. I've like sort of had like 10, 10 fights, nine, 10 fights as an amateur, unbeaten, you know, at light heavyweight. Okay, now I'm a pro. Okay, let's take this fucking serious now. Let's box at middleweight. Let's, sorry, fight, fight at middleweight in MMA. So I started just to drop, ease off a little bit. I was like 81, 82 kilos at that sort of time. Again, I didn't have to cut weight into that category, so it worked really well for me. Um, my first fight was against Guy Stainforth. Took co two coach loads up to uh, Chippenham. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was like, okay, I hadn't even been thinking about the pro thing. You know what I mean? That, that yeah. had been gone, but it was very reminiscent of that as well. Like of course, yeah, yeah. Two coaches to Caesars, but I was just like, I was just flying at this point, right? And plus, at that time, you know, there's something about it. You know, you're fighting in a cage. You know, there's mm. nobody around doing it. I was yeah, the first yeah. person on the Quite South excited. Coast to do it. Yeah, so yeah. that's where my popularity really came to. Yeah, I can ima you know, imagine. Yeah, came yeah. about. You know, people wanted to talk to me about it. They were inquisitive about yeah. it. You know, to the point where it actually used to piss me off in some bit points. too much. Because I, I just, you know, I've been training all day, doing everything all day. And then, you know, the thing is when people get drunk, they start oh, talking God. about it and still want to talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, you know, what about this? What about that? Do you miss this? Do you miss And I'm just like, oh, I'm around the fighting all the time. I don't want to be talking about it as much so anyway by that point I, I wasn't I was all I was all I was keen as mustard so this kid's come out guy staying for and, I, uh, and um, literally just thrown a double uh, the double jab straight right hand shattered his nose in three spaces that was it done wow 21 seconds Wow, I bet I bet you almost felt a sense of achievement after being knocked out in your last professional fight. Yeah, it was it, almost a complete a, it, polar difference. It was, it was. But do you know what the thing is, right? There's a massive difference between boxing and mixed martial arts as a way of 
humility, respect. And that's what the arts give you, like in the sense of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Thai boxing, those kind of sports, even wrestling and stuff like that. It's, there's a, there's, it, the it's, ethos is different to boxing. It's a different vibe. Okay. You know, I used to go to London when I was training to you know fight and stuff. I'd put my bag down in a gym, and predominantly black gym, do you know what I mean? Fitzroy Lodge and places like that. And, you know, get like... What pussy? What do you want? You, 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 you want to spark? And I, that's how it was. You know, the South London kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. attitude. Do you know what I mean? I was just like kids laughing at you. Do you know what I mean? And they're literally going to want to light you up. You know, whereas don't get me wrong, you still have that. In yeah, MMA, of course. But you shake hands before you bow. You know, you almost so you, bow so afterwards. You, so you find the discipline of mixed martial arts is is better than the discipline from boxing? The, 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 Personally, I would say yeah. yes. Okay. Personally, I, w- I yeah. would say yes. Mate, is, and, well, you've got experience and you've been a professional yeah. fighter in both, so your, your yeah. opinion is extremely valid. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, it's been a long time since I've really immersed, but even though in the gyms, I've got that around yeah. me um, and I see a lot of difference between, you know, if I if there's a, a jiu-jitsu guy, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and then there's, you know, certain boxers. Don't get me wrong, there's good and bad in everything. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know I understand. I mean? I'm but following, let me yeah. tell you now, there's more respect, more humility, definitely in... In, in in MMA yeah. than there is in boxing. Don't get me wrong, people like Anthony Joshua, yeah. even look at Tyson Fury now. Do you know yeah. I mean? He's had to like, you know, you know, and he's just won a contract off the back of brilliant. this, right? Yeah, he's entertaining you know? as well. Great he's a great promoter, isn't he? He's brilliant. Yeah. Billy Joe Saunders is now having to do a U turn, you know, because his kind of like traveller mentality and how his attitude was, you know, it kinda it left a bit of a bad taste in certain people's mouths. But then again, so like look at someone like Conor McGregor, you mm. know, how disrespectful he could be and how he was using he some of the words which I didn't agree with. Mm. You know, when he was fighting, you know, Khabib and everything else and I know there's a lot of bad blood with that, but the words that he was using, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? My kid's listening to you right now yeah. and you're calling him an effing C-U-N-T yeah. and this and that and Do whatever. It, be more eloquent if you want to have a go at someone. You know, you know what? what? Yeah. Just because you've got you know, a, a three yeah. grand suit on and you know, a 50 grand watch you know what I mean? and you can go fight Floyd Mayweather, it doesn't stop there. That's not the level of respect that I, I, I sort of want from people. So for you, respect is independent of how much money you're earning or what you've got. It's just on a person-to-person basis. Be respectful. It doesn't matter who you're speaking to. No. Everyone's the same, right? Yeah. You know, we all bleed yeah. the same. We all breathe the same, you know? So just because somebody's more successful within a chosen sport, you know, it doesn't give them the God-given right to be an arsehole. Mm. You know, I think everyone should be approachable. Yeah. There's going to be times as an athlete that you're not. Um, and obviously there's an, an everyday life you know mm. Mr. Joe Bloggs might have a really bad day you know if you go out to him he'll be a different person on that bad day yeah, than he course. would be if he just found out that you know he's having a child or you know he's just won the lottery so we have to take that into yeah. consideration right And we, but it's very hard when you are in that public eye or you are being perceived as that person of authority you know you've got to identify that mm. you know and I don't think a lot of people I was going to say, do you, just, you obviously think about this stuff quite a lot. You, you clearly think about the, your the, your values as an individual, your, you know, the way that you'd like to be perceived by the world and also living up to your own expectations because you had a lot of things lacking when you were a child. Mm. I mean, is this, do you give, do you give this stuff actively thinking or is it just molded you over time? I think it's kind of shaped me for who I am. So it's not, it's not like I have to sort of like write it down on a to-do list. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've got to take nice too today. long. I've take take too long. <laughs> so it's more like the, the, just the experience you've had, you, you've put a positive spin on them and been like, look, this is a situation. It wasn't good, but I'm going to take a lesson from that and I'm going to become a better person off the back of it. I'm going to try to be. 
Okay. And that's all I can be. And yeah, that's what yeah. I say. I say to my all of my children, listen, you're going to fail in life at certain things. Some things you're going to succeed at, you know. Um, but whatever you are, you know, whatever you do, do you know what I mean? Take losing or defeat as honourable as you would do winning, you know, and be and be that kind of person, you know. All my children, you know, hopefully Jersey will be the same, my daughter, but definitely the boys are both, you know, aspiring ath- athletes, yeah. you know. And personally, I mean, I can show you messages that I have from people where my eldest Ethan's working in the gym and they're going, wow, he's such a lovely guy. He's this, he's that. And, um, and Boston as well, you know, he, you know, they he's, he's the same, you know, I constantly, constantly get people come and say, what a polite young man. What a polite young boy. Like we had it the weekend. We just only in the premier in, <laughs> the woman there was doing breakfast and she sees all these kids come through the thing, and she, uh, through, you know, for breakfast. And she come up to me, she said, you know what? He's the most politest boy I've ever met in my life. He's such a lovely lad. And then ironically, and then the last day she gave us all the free breakfast. She went, that's because of him. Really? That's because of him. He's so such a nice kid. You must, I mean, you're lighting up talking about this and obviously yeah. a big family man but th- you know that must be such a, a counterweight to when you were growing up and how you felt like how, how you must feel just incredible getting that kind of reaction with with your boy yeah it's you know as a kid even i was a little bastard you know what i mean to in certain situations and you know and i had that kind of like that anger and everything else you know i always respected the fact that you know if somebody invited me around to their house i'd take my shoes off straight away i'd always you know i'd always if somebody cooked me a meal i'd always do the washing up you know i say listen you know can i can i wash up please let me wash up because that was just how i was you know yeah. i had chores as a kid that i had to do and i had to grow up fast and it was like you know my mum would never just do everything it was like okay you go do this you do that and you do this and you do that so i learned quickly and yeah. i also appreciate that if i could if someone's kind enough to give me their hospitality and you know and that environment was actually kind of the place that i'd like to be yeah then i want to make myself valuable to them yeah you know it's, it's really interesting your your mindset is always on how do i become valuable to this person even yeah. from like promoting boxing days to to the butcher days it just everything all the way you're not being self-indulgent all the time you're thinking about how can i add value to the other person that's um it's really just really refreshing to hear someone speaking not just about themselves but how they can be of value to not just people close to them but just within a within a community and understand um obviously we're coming towards the end of the interview but you you've recently um four and a half years ago i think you launched was it four and a half years ago you launched underground gym yep and now you have just recently launched two more over the last few years yeah yeah myself and my business partner alan mcginnis um yeah we've literally just just well i also i can say is it's been like a, a bit of a whirlwind really you know, um, four years ago or five years ago, I, I got made bankrupt. Um, and that was probably one of the most hardest things in my life to ever deal with. You know, where you sort of like, you position yourself as a business person, a businessman and whatever. And I, I listen, I got things wrong, you know, again. And I had to, I had to reflect, you know, I should have maybe got into certain relationships and certain friends, uh, certain uh, business uh, situations that I did do. Um, some have been great and you know but and you know even the bad ones I've learned from and mm. they've been experiences that I carry forward now really so as I always say you know there's 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 no failure in trying you know and you have to learn by your mistakes and I made some mistakes and I had a lot of you know so-called people around me you know some have stayed the course and some still work with me now are yeah. still part of my life now and I'll hopefully they'll be part of that to, you know to the day that I die 
some haven't you know of some you know some people were established with what you know come through the process which you know the zt fitness and fight school kind of created you know we built fighters we built people that have got their own businesses now and do you know what i look i look at what they've created yeah. and what they've got through the process and you know i, I don't resent anything from anybody i also have a wish is success for yeah. every single person that has worked through the process that have yeah. come, you know, have worked with me at whatever level, whether they took a class yeah. and now they're off, got their own little class, they've got their own little gym, they've got their own little personal training studio or, or whatever it is, or, or they're now a professional fighter earning X, Y, Z. If they got something from what I created yeah. at that time, albeit that's success. This you know? is, this is so again, refreshing to hear. It's, it's almost like you see yourself at this, bundle of energy and and your kind of role in life is to just instill some of that energy into people so that they can help better their lives and become more successful i think that's what we do in life right mm. you know i mean there's a lot of people that have influenced me you know and and still to this day you know i t I, I listen to a lot of a lot of podcasts um i listen to a lot of read i don't really read books that's a that's bullshit I listen, <laughs> audio books yeah you've yeah, got yeah, it of course you yeah. know and I extract, I'm very good at extracting things, yeah. yeah, what I feel is relevant to me and to the fulfillment of what I've got around me. Yeah. And anything that I don't feel is relevant, I don't entertain, yeah. you know, so goes. certain diet protocols, certain training protocols, yeah. certain systems or whatever, I don't fucking want to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just really now, I've really like got my, my circle of what I do yeah. and the people that are around me and that's tight. Yeah. You know, and I don't really allow any other negativity to come involved with that. You know, I'm just very, you know, for me, my day is, as, as, you, as I said, get up, do what I need to do for myself, yep. which is train, make sure my nutrition's on point, but then, and spend my time with my business partner at the underground gym. We go through our processes there. He's very, he's the opposite to me. He's a very spreadsheet kind of guy. He's very personal <laughs> perfect, to perfect though. Right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I work the floor, you know, we design the gym together. Everything yeah. we do together as a, as, a, as a team, you know, but, and even with the stuff with the figures and everything else, we sit down together as a team, but we're, we're, we're opposite ends of the spectrum on what we deliver, right? And that's why I guess the underground gym has sort of gone from strength to strength because yeah. the brand is very unique yeah and it encompasses can, a lot well and, and you've got your full focus and energy into it which i can tell you're so passionate about that's what it's about if you know there's yeah. no point doing anything in life yeah. if you're not passionate about it you know because you know then then you're just treading water right yeah. you know that's what i've said to all my children you know just whatever you do in life i don't care if you're a freaking window cleaner a dustbin man or whatever you know what i mean if that's what your passion is you love to pick up rubbish or you love to make sure those windows yeah. are clear as crystal nail that okay. shit own that shit and become that person. So this has been absolutely brilliant. Um, I can already tell that I'm going to want to get you back on the show because I've got a big list of things that I wanted to talk to you about and we were about 3% into the list. It's been thoroughly entertaining. I've absolutely loved it. Um, if people wanted to get in, in contact with you or uh, find out more about the underground gym, how would they go about doing it? Okay. Um, well, Instagram, uh, uh, Sol Gilbert, S-O-L-G-I-L-B-E-R-T or the website, which is solgilbert.com. Um, I mean, underground gym is underground-gym.com. Um, and yeah, we've got literally, you know, three, three facilities, Brighton, uh, New Haven and Tunbridge Wells. Uh, I guess a little bit of a sales thing now. All, all three gyms are just one price, you know, and they all encompass something different. So how much are they? Uh, 39.95. Okay, perfect. Um, what I'll also do, so I'll put a link in the description to the episode so people can um, just click direct to it. And once again, thanks very much for being on the show. You've been awesome. Listen, thank you for having me. A thoroughly entertaining podcast interview. Um, the biggest takeaway from me was definitely Soul's energy levels. 
I mean, from the moment he walked in, he literally lit up the recording studio. Very exciting person to be around, very open-minded, very keen to help and just open up from his own previous experiences in life and not be afraid to admit times of weakness and then also, you know, tune into the things that makes him great at what he's doing. So if you enjoyed that episode, then why not share it with a gift as a friend? There's a, a shed loads of learning lessons in there. And also don't forget that you can access this podcast completely free. All you need to do is search for The Gary Gunn Show.